Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another stupendous episode. <laughs> I was looking for a good adjective there. Of inspiration point. Uh, I am Andrew. I didn't mean to have to think about that. I am Andrew. <laughs> and I'm Adam. And I... How are think you? I'm great. Um, <laughs> stupendous is the right word. That's how you start out yeah! the show. The stupendous adventures of Inspiration Point. That's right. Starring That's, uh... Andrew and Adam. <laughs> I mean, I think you'd probably get top billing just because alphabetical order and all that yeah yeah well uh, also just i mean think about it you know what does that mean <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I was, I was like denny now crane now i am thinking about it and i name on the door <laughs> name on the door yeah na- name on the the company parchment oh I want company parchment. Now. Yeah, man. A letterhead, you might say. Note to self, get company. This is on the bucket list. Done. Okay, name on a door and a letterhead. That is what we are. That's our goal. Also, a door. We need. Yeah. We need uh, step a one, door. buy a door. Buy a door. <laughs> step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Profit. That's right. <laughs> we'll have pictures on our website and it'll be, you'll have a door. And it'll have like a two foot border of brick around it to make it look like there's a building, but there is nothing else. We always just keep the camera real, real, real tight. That's right. And you know what a door is? It's very welcoming. And we open the door of our hearts to you, the listeners, to join us to talk about friendship, love, and Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. That's right. All those things need not be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Although Dungeons and Dragons, I will say, is a much more catchy title than Friendship and Love. But I don't know. That depends on who you're talking to. They both kind of give me the same feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Or any role-playing game, but mostly Dungeons and Dragons. I I mean, at least for me. I I mean, I love love role-playing systems. If you have the right people, you know, if you have the right players and the right GM, you are good to go, man. Like, you can sit down with no rules. And if everyone's committed to that scene, you could have a great time. Oh, yeah. I mean, Outback had it right, right? You know, no rules, just right. (laughs) Right? Let's ask their employees if there are any rules. (laughs) I'm sure that they would completely agree with that 100%. Listen, Outback Steakhouse, if you're listening, sometimes you can just let the meat be the hero of the steak. You know, once you're in the double digits of things that you've used to cook steak i don't know what you're doing anymore oh that's that's too much that's too many ingredients you need to calm down olive oil salt pepper kosher salt yeah if you want to if you want to throw an alcohol on there you can do butter end of list Mm. there are there are no other things you didn't why did you do that why is there a giant crust of stuff on my steak stop Okay, you're just admitting that your steak wasn't that great to begin with. Well, I do love toasted blue cheese. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'll eat it. Don't get me wrong. I will eat it. (laughs) I mean, gun to my head. I guess I'll eat the blue cheese crusted filet. Not gun to my head. Boomerang to my head. (laughs) Boomerang to my head. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> I mean, I'll eat it, but I'll complain on the internet. <laughs> okay, serious, slightly tangential question. Have you ever successfully thrown a boomerang? No, I don't. I don't. I think that's a myth. I think the way that those things function is made up. Yeah, like I've gotten like they make those like the Nerf ones that like a kid could use. And you're pretty sure that if it comes back and cracks them in the dome, they won't immediately die. But like you look at an actual boomerang, you're like, this is this is a flat bent stick. And if I huck this thing as freaking hard as I can, like some kind of demented Frisbee, it will just come back to me. So I can basically play bent stick frisbee alone. That sounds like my idea of a perfect afternoon. And then you throw it, it just and falls you down. Only, yeah, and you only get half. You're like, where I was under the impression there was minimal exercise involved in this, and instead I could have just been throwing a ball across the field and not have skewed expectations if any of you um knows how to throw a boomerang please um join us on patreon at the five dollar level at least and tell us how to throw a boomerang and we will talk about it on the show and we will apologize to you and all your kangaroo friends i feel like in the impending apocalypse knowing how to throw a boomerang would be a valuable life skill because like there's no ammo assuming the thing comes back to you. If you're um 60 years old and you're able to throw a boomerang, does that make you a boomer boomer? Hmm. This and other questions answered on Inspiration Point, a well, podcast hey, for hey. D&D people that like it. Don't you said answered. I can't answer that. How are we going to you're you're setting you're setting up people to have their have their hopes dashed. No, no, they'll explain it to me, and then I'll explain it to the listeners from them and then give them credit for it. Or, you know what? Join at a higher level and, you know, just come on the show and tell us. That would be great, too. Yeah, see, I would prefer that. That means I have to do less. Oh, yeah. Let's do that, so then. Join at, but, but join at the $5 level. Even if you don't know about boomerangs, join at the $5 level. Even if you want to trick us into thinking that you know about Boomerang. I won't check. I will just read whatever you say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, because fact-checking Boomerang stuff, we got better stuff to do. Yeah, definitely. Or other stuff to do. Well, yeah. Speaking of other stuff to do, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Thank you, thank you. Did you do anything fun for your birthday? Well, I thought about, I don't know how fun this was, I thought about all the things that have transpired in this last year of my life. And, you know, for all the trash that 2020 has thrown at us, and it has been a raging dumpster fire. That's been okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> it could be worse. I'm not sure how, but it could be worse. I'm sure it could. Because if there's anything this year has shown us so when you say it couldn't possibly get worse it can always yeah so yeah that's uh evidence right never there. say but never kids don't don't do it um so i i just i was thinking about 
everything that's happened to me in the past year. And there have been some cool things like mm-hmm. Spectacular Settlements and yeah. Treacherous Traps came out. So that mm-hmm. was neat. And my two-year-old daughter, we finally, a uh, couple months back, got her moved uh, out of our bedroom. And nice. she's sharing a room with her brother. Nice. And they've been having a blast. Good. So that went really well. They're they're on a solid sleep schedule. So thank God for that. You know, so things have been things have been good. You know, I I feel blessed. I'm 36. You know, I'll happily own my age. I mean, my my grandma to this day tells everybody she's 29, and I think she kind of believes it. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So for my birthday, I just kind of chilled oh i got a reverse birthday present interesting yes a you see someone killed you well kind of it it was close it was very close you see a birthday present is when someone gives you something that you want that you're really excited for that makes you happy inside Uh. a reverse birthday present is when you think you're going to be getting a birthday present or something similar very, very soon. And then it is ripped from your grasp very abruptly. And that is, I found out that cyberpunk has been delayed three weeks oh, right. and I died inside. I know it's just three weeks, but I have been living for November 19th and now mm-hmm. it's December 10th. And I, I weep. <laughs> Although now I have a bit more time to get a a worthy graphics card, so that's something, I guess. Thanks, Obama. Right. I wasn't going (laughs) to say it. I'm glad you did. (laughs) You know, that guy, I'm sure it all goes back to... It all comes back, you know. Was it five degrees of Obama? (laughs) Five degrees of Obama's fault. (laughs) That's right. You you can can find a way. You can figure it out. That's that's right. Kevin Bacon's out. Oh, oh my boy. god. How about you? Well, I didn't have a birthday and I am a little bit disappointed about Cyberpunk, but I'm still replaying Baldur's Gate over and over and over again. And so uh that takes up time. I've been staying away from that because I, I don't I don't want the full version to come out and me to feel like the first, you know, three hours of the game be like oh, this again, you know. I want to keep it a little fresh, but I know how you are. You you will replay. Oh yeah, chronically. You know, and I kind of have this weird feeling like I'm helping, even though I know I'm just like a blip. And, <laughs> and I helped. And I helped. You know, but I, you know, I like doing my part. I like exploring all the nooks and crannies. I mean, all I can do is the first area of the game essentially, and it's like. Mm-hmm. And I've already put so much, so many hours. I've already seen so many different outcomes. I've seen your clock on Steam and I've just been like, sweet Lord. Oh, yeah, dude. Like pretty much extra time has kind of gone there. Like I sit down at my desk and I think about all the projects I need to complete and all the tasks I need to work on, all the grading I need to do. And then I go, Baldur's Gate. You know, and and it's bad for, for so for no other reason. Maybe you shouldn't get it for just that reason, right? Uh, right. Just so you can get other things done in your life. But or, you know, I'm uh, that's been good and uh, keeping you sane. Yeah, there you go. If nothing else, man, I love to sit there and just make characters. Like I want there to be a button that just where you like export it 
And a lot of RPGs have this, so maybe they'll add it someday. But like, I don't want to necessarily start the game. I just want to like exit and then make another guy. That would be that would be, neat. and then just pick that thing. You know, whenever I want to play it, right? Like that'd be nice. That would be so, huh? I, you know, I had my wife sit down. She has no interest in playing the game because oh, sure. it's way too crunchy for her. I mean, she likes role playing games, but she and I we used to play like Champions of Norath on the PS2. I remember those days. Oh yeah, dude. Like that's totally her jam. Like, okay, I get, I jump on, I start swinging my sword around, I pick up items. Oh yeah, like I drink potions. Like it's basically Diablo, arcadey. Yeah. yeah, she's totally down with that. You know, with this, like she had to click on the jump button and then do the thing, and she had a Dickens of a time with a camera. So oh, she just, I she have. made her character and then she jumped off. Yeah. So the camera is. Uh, Like, I I get it. I'm fine with it. But she's like, why doesn't it just follow me? I'm like, well, it's not that kind of game. This is like a strategy. Well, it should be. (laughs) Like tactics type game. more than Yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah. I'm like, you're right. (laughs) You are correct. But I will say this, that she did. After you get done making your character. Spoilers, by the way. Just quick warning. But a very, very minor spoiler. When you get done making your character... The next page it takes you before you start the game is you make another character. Oh, yeah. And the second character is who you basically dream about. Mm-hmm. Like, what, who are you attracted to? Mm-hmm. And so my wife picked Dwarf, and then she gave it a red beard. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> and she's like, it's you. And then she, <laughs> and then she is like, then she exited the game. <laughs> oh my god so i appreciated that i was like thank you honey that's so sweet <laughs> oh man. she's like she's making the skin extra pale i'm like come on chill <laughs> she's like i'm glad you're enjoying yourself but i'm a little offended take it easy so you know she she put like half an hour into making she made like a a, a tiefling with like exactly the kind of hair she wanted and stuff. She gets to my character, takes her about 10 seconds. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed Done. it. Dwarf, red beard, pale. <laughs> she looks at the screen. She looks at you like she's checking reference. Yeah, she, she goes, did. Okay, I need a shade lighter. <laughs> Wait, they don't have anything lighter than white. She scrolled between two beards like a couple times, like she wasn't quite sure. <laughs> uh, and then she was like, Yeah, I'm gonna uh, go with the bigger one. Oh my god. That's <laughs> I that makes me happy. That's freaking hilarious. So yeah, thank you, honey. So let's let's probably get started. Yeah, let's talk about our inspiration points. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I think it's your turn. I think you're right. So I wanna talk about tonight. A little thing that I think we all are familiar with called the comfort zone. Oh, the comfort zone. The comfort zone. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this topic. Um, Let's do a different one. That's why I picked it. Ah, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where this goes. So basically this comes down to our comfort zones when it comes to what we play in RPGs. Obviously, what we'll be talking about here is typically D&D, but this can easily, easily oh, yeah. apply to literally anything else. Mm-hmm. So... Now, you, you made a post about this on the D&D forum, right? Yes. And uh, I was asking people 
what their comfort zone was and what they did or what they tried playing in order to break out of that. But before I, or I should say we jump into this, I want to put this out here first, just as kind of a, a disclaimer. Playing in your comfort zone is 100% fine. I've found it in the past a little hard to sometimes accept that that's okay. Like, I might see some other folks who seem to do the same thing over and over, and I realize that's ironic because I do the same thing. Although your most recent character from my campaign, I think, is a big departure. Oh, it is. And I think you've gotten a lot out of it, huh? Yes, absolutely. And he is... He's the result of me making a concerted effort to do just that, to try to break myself out of my of my usual. But by I the do... way, guys, Andrew's usual, his uh, go to character is a big freaking guy with big freaking muscles who's got anger issues and punches his problems specifically in the throat. Yes. And let us not forget, usually works. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's great. <laughs> but I just want to tell everyone who's who's listening that what is fun for you, so long as it doesn't negatively affect someone else, mm-hmm. is 100% fine. And if you disagree with anything we say here, what I've got to say, and I, you know, small hunch, but what Adam has to say, it's our opinions. And I don't want anyone to feel like just because we're saying whatever it is we're saying about this that you just have to go and change it. If what you're doing is giving you a good time and you're enjoying yourself, keep doing it. But if you hear what we've got to say here and you think, you know, maybe it strikes a chord with you, maybe give it a try. So I just want to put that out there before we get into anything too deep because, you know, what's I now nah, you that, know what if you disagree with me you're objectively wrong I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding I don't know anything have a good uh, time the way you want to have a good time yeah and there have been a few other Facebook posts that I've put up recently that you well you got a little bit of pushback on this didn't you like I think a lot of people I saw a few responses at least where they were saying something to the effect of what's wrong with you know my comfort zone basically like why do I need to to get out of it sure and there there were a few things like that. And but by the way, you don't need to do anything. No, exactly. You don't. <laughs> um, but sometimes, um, well, you know what? I This is all stuff that I'll wind up getting to anyway. So I'll just move, uh, Let's I'll move get in. on to uh, what I've got here. So I was trying to think about what, well, let me ask you, what would you say are some examples of comfort zones that we could fall into? Okay, so I think one thing offhand is you know, the type of character we like to play. Uh, A lot of people pick very similar things for different campaigns. Such as? They may be different, like, builds or whatever, but there's often a theme that runs through it. And I've actually read some articles on, like, why this is, or why is it that we play games in the first place? Mm -hmm. And a big reason for it is that we like to wear different hats. But particularly in MMOs and role-playing games, we tend to inject ourselves, or at least the very best version, the fantasy version of ourselves, Mm. into a game. Right. There's some psychological stuff there that I'm not qualified to comment on. 
<laughs> sure. But I think yeah. there's probably some degree of comfort picking in me. I think as a DM, there's mm-hmm. comfort zone issues. Like there are certain stories that I want to tell and certain themes that I don't want to play with too much. Right. And there are certain mechanics in the game that we may explore more than others that we tend to repeat because we, we like to do what we know. Right. We like right. to do what's exactly. familiar. Sorry, I probably over answered that question. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and I, I mean, those are really good. I mean, you you run into like people who gravitate toward the same class very often or the same race or background. Some folks might gravitate toward just a general type of play style, whether you like melee or being yeah. a spellcaster or like you say, certain personalities from one character to the next. You might notice certain commonalities, sometimes maybe more pronounced than others. But characters who tend to act or think a certain way or have certain qualities in common. So I was trying to think about what are some things that we can think about to try to break out of these things or make things more fun for ourselves. Because if you if you have a comfort zone, which many, 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 many of us do, that's the place you live. You know, it's what comes naturally. It's what you're comfortable with. You have kind Mm -hmm. of usually an innate understanding. And a lot of times, I think we might have even mentioned this in a very early episode of the show, but it just may be that the essence of fun is being able to do what you know how to do. Yeah. Just feel like you just get it and not have to try too hard or think too hard about what you're doing you just you just know what to do and you're good at it i think first of all like you if you're even concerned about this question you probably play this game a lot right yeah like if you're coming new into DD, you don't even have a comfort pick yet (laughs) like yeah yeah one of my former students she just got into DD like hardcore and Mm -hmm. she's been going to like evermore and stuff like whoa she got into it she draws her characters and stuff her character looks exactly like her. You know, it's great. Like she totally injected herself into the game. And I enjoy that. So for her, it's like, well, we, you know, you're just starting out. There's no comfort pick yet. But for like longtime veterans like us who've been doing this a long time, the question just becomes, what else can I get out of this? Yeah. Well, and I mean, and I think that comfort zone can yeah. also carry over between different kinds of games. Like what maybe in... uh in MMOs or other video games where you can pick different classes and stuff like that. You know, maybe you're new to D&D, but in those kinds of video games, you tend to pick fighters or you tend to pick spellcasters or, you know, and even from that to this, you might notice carryover. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that too. Yeah, how you play in a video game and how you play in any kind of game. Like, I think there's an expression there. Yeah, there definitely could be. We're trying to express something about ourselves. You know, I've I've talked a lot about Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. I really didn't do very much of the stealth stuff, even though the story, like, tries to force you into it. Mm -hmm. I almost always tried to, like, be an upstanding noble samurai who challenges everything head on. I dyed all my armor white. I had a white horse. Like it was that's awesome. You know, I was feeling like major paladin vibes from this guy and it was great. But I injected my own play style into that. And then I get on D&D and I play, 
you know, a paladin and I want to have, I'm, I'm fulfilling that fantasy. And I started yeah. thinking about like, well, what's, what's my next character going to be? And I immediately started thinking about similar things I was doing right now. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I could do that, but yeah. maybe I would have, maybe I, I haven't played a druid yet. Maybe I should give that a try. There you go. You know, and you can learn a lot by going outside of your comfort pick. You know, you can, I actually coach esports for the high school where I work and mm-hmm. I have to teach people the game, play League of Legends. And I have people that barely make their account and they're like, my main is like, <laughs> I main this character. I'm like, dude, you're level five. You don't know what you main yet. That's like marrying your first crush out of junior high. Like you need to chill out and you need a date. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I remember when I was, when I was a kid in high school, my art teacher would when i was in studio art she would critique my stuff and i go well that's that's just my style oh god she's like you're 17 you don't have a style i'm and like she's right she's right I, i'm just like <laughs> i deal with that all the time you know i teach yeah. art too and it's i know who's going to progress by who gives me excuses yeah and i often hear it's a stylistic choice. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, this is why I make you guys learn about the classics. This is why we study Giotto and Bosch and Van Gogh. We we study these people so that you can one day perhaps say that you have a style. Yeah. Anyway, let's draw a hundred hands. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So, so what I was trying to think of are things to think about in terms of what can make something fun. So basically you've got looking at different general gameplay, looking at different subtle gameplay and different perspective. So different general gameplay is when you get to do a fundamentally different thing. You normally play a fighter. You're going to play a wizard instead. You normally are up in the front fighting hand to hand. Now you're going to cast magic. Totally different kind of thing Mm -hmm. subtle gameplay is what you do is fundamentally similar to what you normally do but you change it in small ways you're playing a fighter but maybe instead of instead of champion you go battle master or eldritch knight you know you play with strategy or you throw a little bit of magic into the mix but you're still you're still in the same camp that you were before so you can you're getting a bit more of a finer adjustment and then you've got different perspective which is making a change not so much necessarily based on what kind of class or race or whatever that you play but more thinking about changing attitudes and yeah inner character stuff versus game mechanic stuff and you can also mix and match these things but I, I felt like those three things, general gameplay, subtle gameplay, and perspective, really kind of nicely boiled down the ways that we can look at our comfort zone and actually try to figure out, okay, if I want to make a change, what kind of change do I want to make? Do I want fundamentally different gameplay? subtly different gameplay or is it not actually about the gameplay is it about this the personality that i'm playing or that sort of thing you know just bringing in the gm perspective a little bit more 
Mm-hmm. Like you're speaking from a play style standpoint, but I think from a design standpoint, we also have a lot of comfort zone ideas that we can do. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is a comfort zone. Yes. Right? Yes, it is. We have difficulty going outside of that sometimes. And part of it is just accessibility. Like how many people do you know that play other games? Like that list is a lot smaller. There's the time investment of, you know, am I going to bother to learn this system and then never play it again? And I don't want to invest that kind of time. I'd rather just do what I know because I know I'm going to do it again or money. Yeah. Then money's yeah. I've invested uh, 200 bucks into this hobby. I'd like to keep going instead of starting over with a new investment somewhere else that may not pay off 200 bucks jeez well you know maybe from a player perspective (laughs) from a dm perspective i i just really don't like to think about the money being spent (laughs) i mean just on music alone like i just buy so much music for this hobby and i buy you know so many books and supplements and especially for like the online resources i buy maps i pay map subscriptions i buy tokens i buy a lot of stuff to be very clear no matter who you are the amount of money you spend on this hobby or the amount of money you don't spend on this hobby has zero correlation to your commitment yeah that that's just to say if you can only afford to buy yourself a player's handbook and you cannot afford to buy anything else that doesn't make you any less legitimate of a player than somebody who can drop 10 grand on every possible collectible that's out there. Sure. But it does reinforce the comfort zone. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because you, you create that sunk cost fallacy. Yep. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so there's that. But, you know, again, as a DM, I almost never do anything terribly horrific. So maybe I should do a little more of that. Mm. My evil characters tend not to be as evil as I can imagine. Sure. There are certain things I don't like for them to do, even the really, really, really bad ones. Right. There are, you know, places with characters that, I, you know, maybe I just don't want to go. Maybe I rely too much on melee combat and and Mm. physical combat and don't think enough about magic. But I will say that trying out these new things will broaden your horizon and your ability to empathize with other parts of the game. By the way, if your comfort zone is being a player... You need a DM. Absolutely. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you want to be a better DM, you also need to be able to play sometimes. Yeah, that's true. You need that opportunity. You need to be able to see it from the player's perspective. And players, you have got, if you want to be a better player, if this is something you want to work on, you have got to run a game. You have got to do it a couple times. If you really want to know what you could add to this hobby, you need to have that perspective. Yeah. 100%. I agree. But again, this is just whatever you want to get from it, right? Yeah, yeah. If you don't need this, you don't need it. So let's see. What else do I have here? What are some tricks that we can use to break out of our comfort zone? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's a bit of a, a little caveat here. Know where your line is. Like, you know where your comfort zone is. Also, it is not unreasonable for you to go, okay... I'm willing to step outside of that, but I also have a line that I'm not willing to cross. Oh, yeah. Like, even okay. with you talking about the stuff you like to use when you're GMing, you know, things that you're willing to have your villains do, things that you're not willing to have your villains do, it's okay to, yeah, absolutely. to have limits that you set and you're like, look, I know 
you know, so-and-so might tell me I need to try something different, but I have no desire to try this thing over there. And if yeah. you feel strongly about it, that's fine. And you don't need to justify that to anyone. Sure. Yeah. We can find other things to change and to and to get outside of. But yeah, there there can certainly be lines. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So the first way, there's basically two, but the first way that you can approach it is gently, which is basically identify something that you don't like about your comfort zone and see if there's an option that is similar but might give you the thing that you feel like your comfort zone is lacking. So I tend to really enjoy playing fighters. But if I was playing champion fighter all the time, champion is very effective, but he's very, 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 very simple. Maybe I'm looking for a little bit more crunch or more options that I can play with to sort of customize my experience or feel like I have a bit more even more agency while I'm playing the game. So maybe I could go with a character class that has a whole bunch of skills available to them if I want to do that kind of larger general gameplay shift, or I could go the more subtle gameplay shift and stick with fighter, but go battle master where you have those different maneuvers. Let me say this too. Let me sure. add something just really quick. By playing all the roles, you'll play your favorite role better. Like there's nothing wrong with enjoying fighter or some sort of frontline melee class, but have some experience doing range, have some experience doing magic, have some experience doing support so that that way you become a better fighter actually. Mm. Okay. That's a good because point. if you learn those perspectives, then you'll play your tactics better. Yeah. Like, do you move in a turn where you essentially stand and attack someone? Well, that could really change depending on what you want your positioning to be relative to your partners. Do you need to lock this down? Do you need to set up a flank? And that's something that we've at least gotten a little bit better at doing. You know, you just you hit, then you move a couple of squares over so that because you know that your buddy's next turn is coming up and you want to hit both sides of this guy. Right. Right. Or you want to stand between him and the rangers so that if he moves past, you can stop him from doing so or at least punish him for doing so. You know, not putting yourself in ridiculous situations so that your healer doesn't like slap themselves in the forehead and now their whole game is just keeping you alive. Right. Not standing in the wrong spot because your wizard would like to drop a fireball in a particular area and now you just mucked it up because you want to have your awesome jump into the fray moment. Yeah. Right. These are all things that will make you better at the role that you like. Correct. So that's the uh, the gentle way to do it is identifying something that you don't like about your comfort zone or maybe not even that you don't like, but where you feel like there might be a weakness or something that you want out of your comfort zone that you're not getting. And then look to see if there are options available that could give you that. That gives you kind of a nice, easy way to try something a little different. The other kind of cue that you could use is the more abrupt way of doing things. And that is straight up identifying what your comfort zone is and then just straight up playing the polar opposite in as many ways as you can. And that can really feel like getting thrown into the deep end. And you can you can definitely wind up playing something that you realize, yep, this sucks, and this is exactly as crappy as I thought it would be. Or on the flip side, you could go, wow, I was completely wrong and find something that you absolutely love that you maybe otherwise would have never even 
you know, by the way, the first scenario probably won't happen. Right. It probably won't happen. Yeah. Most of the stuff you're going to try, you will find fun things about it. Listen, if you just try the green eggs and ham, you're going to like them. Just try it. Just try it. Just try it. You may. You may, I say. You may. You may, I say. In a box with a fox. Yep. So I know this is this is running long, so I'm going to try to wrap this real quick. The last little bit that I have is what are the benefits to doing this, to getting outside your comfort zone? The first is freshness. It can make a game that might be feeling tired or boring feel new and exciting again. And are like, you not feeling so fresh? <laughs> no. <laughs> the uh, like, like Adam had said earlier, most of us who are even considering this sort of stuff are folks who probably been playing this game for a while. And it can, you know, if you, especially if you tend to gravitate toward a specific thing and you've been doing that for a while, it can, even if you've been playing what you love, it can start to feel samey. So this can help you break out of that. The second thing is discovery. You might find something new that you love as much or more than what you felt your comfort zone is. The third would be validation. With trying something you didn't think you'd like and realizing you're right and that you didn't like it, you can better understand your comfort zone and appreciate it that much more. And then lastly, just appreciation. You can gain an appreciation for other people who are good at playing that kind of character that was outside your comfort zone. Even if you find you don't like it, you at least understand if you're the fighter and you go try to play a wizard and it's not your bag, at least you have firsthand experience to understand, wow, Frank over there who's been playing a wizard all the time. Now I really understand what he deals with. And yeah, man, he's he's great at what he does. And now I have firsthand understanding of what that is. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that point in dealing with appreciation, you know, just having that empathy for other people on your team. That's huge. And that, like you said before, also goes into, and I'm very self-aware when I say this, the player trying to GM. If you are a player who has literally never GM'd a game, there are some people who are cut out for it. There are some people who are not cut out for it. But if you've never even taken a crack at it even once, give it a shot because you really do at least get a much better grasp of the position that the GM is in, the way they have to think, how they manage whatever it is they manage or whatever it is they don't bother managing. And it helps you get a firmer understanding of all positions at the table. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the comfort zone. You know, that's a, actually a pretty good segue, you know, understanding your GM and having empathy for, for that person. Oh, all right. So what you- is huge because my inspiration point is about showing love to your DM. Aw, love right? you. Yep, yep, yep. I know it, man. It's just... Are you fishing? No, 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 no. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I mean... This is all going to end with me asking you to DM more, but um, let's... um. Let's get in. So I in the past, in a past episode where I talked about NPCs, I talked about the five love languages, right? And these are 
not anything I came up with. Uh, these come from uh, some family therapist uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but he's written lots of books on the subject. Anyway, the five love languages are quality time, gifts, touch, words of affirmation, and acts of service. Okay. Mm. These are basically different ways that people like to receive love. Mm. So you may find that with your significant other, certain things work and other things don't. And mm. if you feel like you've been showing signs to your significant other and they have not been receptive to them, you should try one of these other languages and see if it doesn't work out a lot better. And, you know, for what it's worth, I know we, Adam and I are both married, so we tend to speak yeah. in terms of our wives. But this can also go to a large extent towards your friends. You know, yep. if you like hanging kids. Yeah. If you like hanging out with your buddy and you guys yeah. feel like your friendship is made better by spending that actual time together, that could be something. Or maybe you just feel really loved when your buddy gives you a hug, you know? Yeah, that maybe sort you of do. Thing. But also maybe the hug makes you totally uncomfortable. Right. And that's fine too. And then you tell them what they want. You could even show love to your GM. What? Which is the whole point. Um, so, <laughs> and we're bringing it back and we're bringing it back. So um, I just thought, well, I thought that was a cute, cute way to structure it. Yeah. But basically, I'm going to start with quality time, right? Spending quality time with your GM to show them affection. How do you do this? Especially in, in our post-COVID world. Yeah, that's right. So, by the way, making your DM feel loved will help him come back and run another game for you. You want He or she. That. <laughs> he or she. Okay. So, quality time. Some DMs love quality time. Some are going to want you to leave them alone more. So, it depends. But out-of-game questions and requests. If you bother me with lots of messages about your character, at least personally, I really like that. Mm. Like if I'm at work and you're pinging me about your character, some DMs will find that annoying. I enjoy it mm. because it makes me realize that you're thinking about the game, which makes me think that you're having fun, which makes me think that you think I'm a good DM. So I love that quality time. Note to self, bother Adam. Adam bother or- Adam. You know, we've got a couple players that message me all the time. I want to do this. I want that. I want to try this. I'm thinking this. Oh, man, is this the right thing or not? I like that stuff. Keep it coming. I may not respond right away because I am busy, but I am reading it. Well, just make your cell phone ring off the hook. Sorry, kids. I got to take this. What? (laughs) Man, if I like take a break and I sit down, I, I pull out my phone and I get to catch up on messages. I actually really enjoy that. There you go. But know your DM because they might be like, please leave me alone. I have a day job. So yeah, just know. Who, again, these are love languages. So uh, some things are going to work differently. Uh, other things under quality time. Take responsibility for your own fun. Mm. This is this is really important. When you're in the session, don't sit there and just wait for the DM to give you a good time. Mm. Actively participate. Take notes. Listen to what is being said. To the best of your ability. you know. To the we best all- of your ability. Try to actively engage with the world. Don't just sit there and wait for the DM to figure out what you're thinking. Right. And any any effort that you make will show through. Like, even if you feel like, oh, you know, what if what if I'm not doing enough? What if they don't notice? What if if you are trying, they'll notice. Well, maybe or maybe not, because again, when we come to the love languages, if this is not the love language that the DM has, he might not notice. Now, hopefully he or she would. Sure. 
And in all likelihood, I, I would say most of them would notice something, but it may not be the thing that they want as feedback. And ultimately, like the currency that you give a DM is appreciation, mm. right? In some form. So the, the question here is, what does that form look like? And knowing your DM is, is huge for this. By the way, DMs can show a lot of love to their players, but that might be a topic for another time. So the another thing under quality time, help game time run more efficiently. Mm. Know what you're going to do on your combat turn. Follow prompts and hooks. If the DM offers you a gift, take it. Mm-hmm. Please don't slap it down and reject it out of hand in the name of your character. There can certainly be this sort of refusal phase. There can be apprehension. There can even be somewhat of a denial, but please get on board as soon as you can think of an excuse for your character to do so. They may do so reluctantly, but please follow the hook. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and go, no DM, guess again. Or rather, follow a hook. Like sometimes yeah, follow, there yeah. may be more than one, and there might be one where, you know, you feel like, ah, maybe that's not the right one. But if there is only one, that's probably a hint that that's where you ought to be going. It might feel right. a little railroady, but if that's sure. the case, it is what it is. Take the hook. Yeah. If your goal is to show your DM appreciation, then respond to their advances, you might say. <laughs> For uh, lack of a better term. Oh, uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> uh, but of course, when I say advances, what I mean is when they're trying to drop you plot hooks, they're trying to give you something to do. Listen, they, they may not do a perfect job, but help that time become quality. Because if we do get stuck in a rut, that's not how we use our time. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's me running, I definitely won't do a perfect job. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's true. I think you do a perfect job. <laughs> uh, I'm just see, kidding. You suck. This is how he's trying to sucker me. And no, nah, man, you're that's the right. Flattery. I've ever freaking seen. Oh, well, flattery will get me everywhere. There you go. The last thing I'll say under quality time is to avoid distractions. You know, just like when you're out on a date and the other person brings out their phone Oof. and they're telling you, uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, nobody wants to be on that date. You're going to leave early. Thank God. I, I I don't know that I ever have been on that date, and that sounds horrendous. Oof. That's right. I Well, you and I both kind of got a lot of our dating out of the way before, like, tech took over dating. And so, yeah. like, we never, I don't know, we, we like, met someone at a thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, that's, and then we dated yeah. that person. <laughs> yeah, we're like, this will work. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I met my wife on a blind date. You know, we both thought the other person was tolerable. We want another one. And that's where dreams are, are made. <laughs> are you tolerable? Okay, moving on. Boom. All right, the second love language is gifts, especially if you're in person. Providing food or drink is huge. Oh, yeah. Don't make the DM provide your fun and the pizza. That's messed up. That's a whole meme, like, if, if you don't want your DM to freaking murder you you come bearing pizza the dm will favor you <laughs> it's true yeah you bring you bring that pizza over the dm's got a screen up he he rolls the die he hesitates he looks up at you he looks down and then he says oh he missed <laughs> you he he look he looks at you after he rolls the die and there's a quiet moment and you look over at him and you mouth pizza and he goes oh yeah 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 because that succeed. DM just rolled a 20 and then just rolled a 20 to kill you and then went like, eh, maybe not. That's why the screen exists. <laughs> oh, no, I bumped the table. Oh. I bumped the table. 
back when I used to play in person, I used to be like, I'm not okay. Like my payment is you, one of you buys pizza. I'm not going to buy pizza for my own game. Yeah. And no, that was acceptable. No one argues. And you know what? When it was someone else, when someone else said, I'm going to run the game, I bought pizza. Yep. I was happy to do so. It's a give So that's easy. Uh, Another one is DM materials. One of my players bought me a book. Uh, You've bought me several things over the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, One of our other players bought me a pair of books. And very cool. I love that because what they're basically telling me is keep running games for me. So here is here are more things to help out. And I love that. Thank you so much, because not only did I get a present, but I also got some affirmation there that you want more of this. Well, what nerd doesn't like some good loot? Yeah. I mean, if if you are like giving me players guides, it's like, is that a hint? Like, should I stop? Oh, yeah. I guess you want to think about that. Yeah, although it is a, that is also a gift for you to run a game. Um, another thing is RP materials. I love getting stuff like this. When players write journal entries, mm-hmm. when they write the recap, maybe deliver a recap mm-hmm. at the start of a session. If they draw pictures, like if you have some art skill, awesome, right? Whatever you can contribute that is a sign that I'm thinking about this game because it affects me. Like, that's the good stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what I enjoy. Remember your DM's birthday. Uh, on my birthday, do a lot of people came out. Uh, a lot of our, a lot of the guys on our squad got me stuff. And I really appreciated that. Oh, yeah. It man. is good to be remembered. It's good to be appreciated and loved. Yeah. Okay. The next love language I'm going to talk about is touch. Tricky nowadays. Yeah, a little tricky, especially in, in the days of COVID. So, and definitely understand your, your DM and your uh, comfort zone here boundaries for sure your boundaries or maybe lack thereof in our case you might be a (laughs) hugger but your dm might not be right but you can turn them into a hugger if you (laughs) try hard enough (laughs) that's a joke don't no means no andrew (laughs) don't force your hugs upon a non-hugger no we we believe in love but only consensual love okay so but little things obviously are great like high fives fist bumps oh yeah you know, all that is good if, again, if that's receptive. And I, again, in COVID times, things are different. Uh, maybe you just need to rely on your significant other for the touch stuff. But you know what? It's uh, but here's a couple of other ideas. OK, really one, because I was trying to think, like, how can we do touch in this scenario? Yeah. And so I kind of cheated and I went with emotional. Right. Yeah, Allowing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did. You know, but saying something like thank you. Yeah. Or I had a great time or at the end of the session, letting out that sigh or that gasp or that. No, just one more hour, please. So appreciation that way. But then also allowing your character, if your DM gets really into the role play stuff, but allowing your character to experience weakness and vulnerability to become emotionally open and not to go straight to those natural defenses that we often employ. And I, and I recognize that this is kind of advanced, but if you can open yourself up emotionally to be vulnerable and get in that headspace of your character, that's going to be ultimately very rewarding for you and for the DM. Right. I, yeah, I I mean, I mind you, that's a shoehorn for touch, but well, you you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about it and Mm. I don't know that it actually is as shoehorn or kind of cop outy. (laughs) as we were kind of initially joking that it was because all 
of these things that you mentioned really do have a kind of raw physicality at their core. You know, something emotional, if you're feeling, or rather if you're making your, showing that your character is experiencing these deeper emotions or vulnerability and things like that, like that's something you can feel in your chest. Yeah, it's true. If you're giving that sincere thank you, or you're letting out this sigh or something, you're, you are expressing something on a raw level, Mm -hmm. which has something that's at least vaguely reminiscent of physical vulnerability. Like, like if you think about what a hug is, or even more than that, like a kiss or something, you're putting yourself physically in a position where someone where that person could grievously harm you if they wanted to so you're showing that you trust this person enough to show this level of vulnerability i trust that when i go to hug you you're not going to stab me in the back you're going to hug me too or i'm going to tell you thank you because I know that you're going to appreciate that sentiment from me or mm-hmm. I'm going to show my character cry because, you know, even if I feel a little goofy when I do it or something like that, because you I could at least say my character weeps. Sure. And, and that and that would be fine. But all that to say, you know, even if you might feel a little uncomfortable, it's outweighed by the fact that you know that your GM cares enough and that you care enough to put that in. So I I feel like there is some kind of gut physical connection at the very least to all those things. I could also make the argument that all all emotions are technically physical because since they're emotional reactions or, you know, they're Uh, they're chemical reactions in your body. If you're going to go all cynical (laughs) on me. It's not cynical. It's literally what's happening. Um, Anyway, but science isn't fun or romantic. <laughs> what? I think Bill Nye would disagree if, if science was fun. Bill but, Nye's very smart. But Okay, fine. Steve Irwin. <laughs> is By the way, Steve Irwin, a druid or a ranger? Answer this question on our Facebook uh, for Inspiration Point. He's a ranger. He wrestles the crocodile. He doesn't turn into one. I want to hear from the people, Andrew. The people. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give away the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Although you're probably right. You're probably right. But then who is a druid? Too bad he's not a necromancer, because we'd like to get him back. Um, uh, but anyway. Too soon? Too soon? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. Anyway, let's move on. Um, the next thing is words of affirmation. And this is obviously where thank you comes in and oh, the yeah. sigh. And, all, you know, so there's some there's some Venn diagram bleeding here. But definitely honest, positive feedback is huge. Saying Thank you. I had a great time. And one of the our other players, he's I would I will dare say he is my rival DM, right? <laughs> and and I mean that in the nicest possible way. I do not think of rival as an enemy. I think of it as a Someone peer who that spurs you on to excellence. That's right. And like you are low key competing even if you like each other. Oh, and yeah. he almost always messages me after a game and says, I had a great time. I love the session. This is a great game. You know, I really appreciate it. And I've tried to repay that a little bit, but I know I'm not quite as good at it. So I need to, that's one of my goals. 
but he's very good at letting me know that he had a good time. We also have this tradition in our group. Uh, we have been a, a less good about it lately, but every now and then it comes back. I think it came back this last Monday. Mm-hmm. In the morning, on Monday morning, uh, somebody types in chat, it's D&D day. Yeah. And that's so great. If you're, especially if you're the DM, you're like, yeah, they're excited to play. I didn't realize that that meant so much to you guys, or I'd have kept it up better. <laughs> I got to tell you, every time I come home from work, I get in the door and my wife says, hey, handsome. And it meant, I, I don't always feel handsome, yeah. <laughs> but so I love it that she says that oh. I appreciate it. And it makes a, my whole day different. So saying little, you just, you, you just don't know what your words might mean to somebody. So it's just saying it's D and D day or Hey, great session. It may feel like a throwaway, but mm. it means so much to people noted. Yeah. And by the way, words of affirmation is totally my weakness. Oh yeah. The next thing I'll say is constructive criticism, but only if this is welcome. Now, I think the best DMs are open to criticism, but at the same time, you need to have that relationship to feel like that person's criticism is valid, that it's not a personal attack. It's good to ask for it specifically. Not every GM wants to hear criticism, especially from some they may not know that well. Yeah. I would like to have a world where we're more all open to criticism, but it's okay. Yeah. I know for a long time, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to do this show was because I would always expect my Andrew emails (laughs) after a game so that I would get the full feedback. And I would enjoy how long those things would be sometimes because you would you were clearly paying attention to, Mm. you know, all the little things that happen in game, which maybe which maybe enjoy it, even if sometimes you're like, I hated this part. Oh, (laughs) well, here's here's what will go through my head when I would write those novels. (laughs) <laughs> they kind of were sometimes they really were and i apologize <laughs> for that no 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 no. but it's like when you send someone like a long message or you know like you text them something but you really have kind of like like a serious long thought or something like that yeah and they text you back like k <laughs> it is the most god-awful and infuriating just clench your teeth sort of enraging (laughs) thing so i i was like okay he went to the trouble of running this whole game he's going to the trouble of dming i know that i'm a career player that's like my thing and (laughs) i'm generally unapologetic about it like i i try to own who i am But at the same time, I go, okay, if that is what I'm going to do, I'm going to help the GM from from the player side of the screen. It's the least I can do to try to give constructive feedback. And that may not always mean that I'm going to say, hey, everything you did was perfect and great and I loved it all because there may be some things that I disagreed with. Or maybe some things that just didn't land for me. But I'm never going to tell you, nor would I tell anyone, in a way where I'm being a jerk or I'm disregarding your feelings. Because I know that you're putting in the work and I know that you cared enough to do it. And I also respect your ability enough to know that you can take the feedback I give you and implement it. Which, to your massive credit... 
you have mm-hmm. the campaign that you're running right now. There are myriad things that you're doing in the campaign that you're running that I can see direct ties between yeah. the campaign and feedback I gave you in the previous campaign. And yep. that to me made me feel so respected and I'm sorry. it was really terrific. And that it kind of validated like, okay, I'm glad I was able to present this idea and that it didn't hurt his feelings, at least too badly. Um, <laughs> or, yeah, it might hurt in the moment, but it's like, you know, but sometimes that you could maybe file that under tough love a little bit, but it's. Yeah, but I mean, I, I've never been the kind of person who, like, there are some people who will excuse saying a lot of things under, well, I'm just being honest. It's like, no. You're being a jerk. You're being a prick. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> you know, there's being honest and then you can be honest, but you can also be kind. Also, did they ask? Right. 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 So hey, I, I do want to move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I know and, we're and, running and get through long. this. Um, but yeah, really good stuff. Next, I would say avoid complaining or passive aggressivity. Oh, I hate passive. We did have a small issue with this yesterday. And to the player's credit, he came around at the end and, and he apologized. This wasn't to me. It was for, to our other DM. And I thought it really diffused a lot of tension and made everyone yes, a lot happier. And so that was really good. So also apologizing if things do get out of hand is great. Uh, an apology can, can do so much. Oh, that's yes. It's huge. It's huge. And, and mucho credit to that player. Mucho credit. Absolutely. Um, because in the moment we were all like, Hey dude, like chill. And then he brought it around and he, and he figured it out. And I have, by the way, complained at certain DM decisions in the past. And, you know, I wish I hadn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, I was, after the fact, I was pretty ashamed of it. And I am, I, you know, we were able to work through it. I, and similar things. It happens to the best of us. Just know when you screwed up and try to own it and do it. And I will say that. Part of the reason why we might get defensive about this is because we do care about our characters. We care about their role in the story and it's easy to get emotionally attached. Right. So in a way it's good if a player gets upset, but at the same time, like please remember that we're having a good time and we're having a game. Please try to avoid complaining and definitely passive aggressivity has no place. Yep. Next, uh, talk up your, the game, talk it up outside the game. I love, Looking on the like D and D Facebook group and seeing someone say something about my game, mm. you know, or to have them uh, chatting in our group chat and talking about the game when it's like five days till game time, right? All that stuff is great. I love hearing about hearing you as a third party talk about the game, talking about the party, talking about your character, even if it's just like talking about how great you think your character is. Like that's still something. Sure, I like I like that. Okay, so the last love language is acts of service. So number one, know your abilities. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please know what you're going to do. Also know what you're going to do during your turn. Very important stuff. Uh, please know the rules in the system. Everyone, of course, is forgivable when they're new. If you've been playing um, a barbarian for uh, 10 sessions and you cannot throw an attack properly without asking, you really need to learn this. This is not fair. Yep. Next, be on time. Yes. And this is something we need to improve at. And sometimes we're good at, but usually we need to improve at. Be quiet at start time. If your DM is on and it hits the time to start, please stop talking. 
Yeah, all right. <laughs> and we all need to do better at that. Yeah. We need to respect the DM's time. And we need to say, hey, it's 630. We're quiet now. Yep. Or at least say something effective. I'm ready to begin anytime you're ready. Yep. That's really important. Help quiet others too. Hey, guys, it is time. And the DM's on. And I think people will be okay with that. Next, provide a clean space. Like, this is more if you're playing in person. Mm-hmm. If you're hosting the game, please clean up. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're hosting or not, when the game's over, please help pick up the pa- the pizza trash, put your dishes in the sink, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, what, help out, help out the DM's significant other too, right? What does your mother teach you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, leave stuff. the place nicer than how you found it. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, now I've had some players be really good about this. My wife is going to listen to this. She's going to hear me say that. And that's going to come back to bite me. But, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll own it. You know, it's uh, sure we could all do better. <laughs> sure. We could all do better. Definitely. I know my wife would appreciate it when people wouldn't leave garbage for us to pick up. Oh, yeah. And that kind of thing. It makes a big difference. This might not come up very often, but offer to control something like an NPC or a monster. Like if things get kind of hectic, be willing to help out the DM a little bit. You know, you might offer to run initiative for the DM. That might be nice. There you go. You know, just just some little job. Well, or to take just the edge off. Just simply ask the DM. Hey, Do you, you need know, any help? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, you know, you know, generally I, I can't speak for you know, for anyone else, but I would imagine that most GMs out there would probably be pretty willing to let you handle at least basic things like initiative or, you know. Also, did your DM bring over a lot of materials? Now, maybe they brought up too many materials, but, you know, go out to the car, grab some stuff, bring it in. Again, this might be weird in COVID times. Yeah. But if we ever go back to the way life should be, then, and I dare say should be. Yes. Then. You know, help carry stuff. Oh, yeah. Help carry stuff back out, too, for that matter. And then uh, help with party cohesion. Yeah. Well, my character wouldn't listen. Maybe your character would complain, but let them complain specifically in character briefly and then ultimately cooperate. Yeah. Okay. Find a reason. Don't stall the game for yourself. Please, let's work together. Please help us develop party cohesion. It's okay to have conflict. Conflict's an important part of drama and story. But think about it when you're playing like a single player video game. Your partner, your the NPC in, on your party, they go, I disapprove. And then they do it. Or they might say something about it, but they ultimately, we move through the level. We, get, we keep going. Mm-hmm. The last and the most important act of service that you can provide is letting your DM play the dang game. <laughs> Run the game. At least do a one shot. Mm. Give your DM a break. Let them experience this game from the other perspective. They will become a better DM if they can learn how to do the things the players do. Mm. And they want to. So even if they ultimately want to go back and DM. I'm a crazy person where the grass is always greener for me. Every time I DM, I'm like, I want to play a character so bad. I start playing a character. Oh, I want to DM. It never gets better for me. (laughs) (laughs) But run sometimes. You don't have to do a year-long campaign, but do a few sessions, okay? So that's pretty much my list. Those are the five love languages of how to love your DM. Anything to add, Andrew? Honestly, I think you tagged all the bases, man. That was really, really good. That was great. Thank you. Thank you for those words of affirmation. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, I think think we're about ready to wrap. Hey, uh, did you have anything you want to throw out there about the Patreon. Join it. 
You can join at the $5 level to basically be an active member in our community, to be in our Discord, to vote on things, to tell us what to talk about. If you join at the $100 level, welcome to your new campaign that I'm going to be running for you, and you're going to have a great time. And I'm going to build an art character arc around your character. The game's going to be about you. You're going to have a fantastic time. And Andrew will probably be in it as well. Mm. So join our Patreon, Um, Inspiration Point. What is it? Patreon.com slash Inspiration Point. That's right. Cool. Yeah. I know. I think it was. Google it. I think it was on episode 11. I think we had initially uh, said, and this was before we had mentioned the $100 tier we had mentioned a five and a ten dollar, so that, uh, like Adam just said, that's changed. So it's the five, and then it's just straight up to the one hundred. Yeah, so you get a lot at the at the five dollar level. Yeah, the only thing to add at the hundred dollar level is the campaign. Cool, and of course, my undying affection. So our undying affection. <laughs> Very good. Even better than there even you better. Go. I mean, come on, you know you want a piece of this. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you found us. And if this is your first time listening, be sure to download and check out our other episodes. You should be able to find us on most major podcast platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. If you listen via iTunes, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think. Don't just click the stars. Throw us like 30 seconds and like write something we love words of affirmation yes yes affirm us verbally and lastly you can find our website at inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash inspiration point podcast and we're on twitter at iprpgcast so uh all that rigmarole being said Uh, thanks again, and until next time, stay inspired. Bye! Bye!